I'll put myself in a place where my life will be better in general, regardless of my performance in weightlifting, regardless if I get a gold medal at the national championships, whatever. This is where you're meant to be. Like, I know it. I've never- My best self is better than every single person who's gonna walk on that platform that night. Gosh, man, that was, was a moment to change my life, man. Work harder than everyone else and just keep going. Get up and do it again and again and again. journey to a better you starts right now. What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Better Than Yesterday podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. My guest is Joey Mandarino. Joey is a former high school gymnast turned competitive weightlifter. On the episode, we broke down his transition from gymnastics to weightlifting. We got into him starting a YouTube channel during the pandemic how he balances being a personal trainer with his own athletic career, and much more. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode, so let's kick it over there now. Well, I'm sure like gymnastics, you probably just see a bunch of injuries there. Well, so um, gymnastics is interesting because it's so significantly different from weightlifting. In weightlifting, I get hurt all the time. When I was a gymnast, I had very minor stuff that you could control pretty easily. So yes, there were a lot of wrist issues uh, and it was mostly from tumbling. So people who were on floor doing round off back handspring, uh, whatever they were doing, um, they would damage their wrists pretty bad, but you can, and, and so I'm a personal trainer too, and I, I teach people this, but you can change very easily your wrist position in certain things. And that can completely change your pain levels too. So like if I have someone doing pushups and I say, Hey, turn your hands out this way, they might say, Oh shit, I, there's no pain at all anymore. And so same, if I'm on floor doing tumbling, if I do a round off and I change my hand position, that can make a difference. So, um, certain body mechanic things go a long way in gymnastics. Yeah, I bet. And like, do you, so how do you even get into gymnastics? Like did your parents, like push you into it when you were super young or like, how did you I get can, started? Man, I think I could really go into this. Cause I, that's probably the most interesting part of my life story is um, I didn't do any physical activity until I was um, until I was 15. Cause I started gymnastics then. Um, so it's like they, I did it in high school. Um, my high school had a good team. They'd won a state championship in like recent years before I went to school um, and the coaches were well-known, like there's a high school gymnastics coaches hall of fame, which it's so like specific. You wouldn't think there's a hall of fame for it, but um, a, a lot of Glenbard, my high school is called Glenbard West. A lot of coaches from there were in this hall of fame. So they were known for gymnastics. I had good friends who did gymnastics and they who were older than me and they convinced me to come out for the team when I was a freshman in high school. Um, but before that I did not a nothing, zero physical activity. Um, and so that was a, that was a big change. And that's kind of where, like I told you, I'm a personal trainer now it took, I mean, gymnastics flipped my life around completely. I was not interested in sports whatsoever until then. Damn, that's crazy. And it's like, it's a sport that most people are like, Oh, if you don't do when you're six years old, like you're kind of screwed like you can right it's hard to right. develop the like all the rings and the and the strength so how did you so like say you get started like what was the first thing like you you started doing like because I can imagine just like all those skills that people have been building up for years like you didn't have any of that right so at the time see I look at it very differently than I did when I was in high school doing it um at the time I was kind of just doing it for fun, especially that first year. So um, I didn't really push myself. I didn't put enough volume on my body to really mess it up. Um, so like, I'd just go to practice and let the coaches guide me, teach me skills. And um, they would encourage us to do, like we would have to wait in lines to get on equipment. So um, they would encourage us to do other things while we're in this line waiting. So like, I would just, kick up in a handstands while I'm in this line. And then it'd be my turn to jump on the high bar and I jump on the high bar for 30 seconds, come off, go back in the line. 
Um, so it's like weightlifting in the sense that your, your set, your working set is very short and then you rest for a long period of time. Um, so, sorry, I kind of got lost rambling there. Um, but I, I, I think that answers your question maybe yeah maybe yeah. Not. <laughs> yeah for sure like you're just kind of I mean it takes like all these skills takes time to develop and same thing in weightlifting even if you you like are interested in it it's not like you don't just snatch 100 kilos the first time that you snatch it's like you got to learn you got to take the first step before you can really master those skills no absolutely um and I think especially at that age uh you need someone to tell you that like, Hey, if you put in this much practice or this many hours, you'll be able to do this cool skill. Um, and I, I was having a conversation. So, um, I, all the people I train right now for my job are in their 50s, 60s, 70s are all much older clients. And I was having a conversation with one of them the other day about this and how different the school system is compared to the sport system when you're in school at that age and you're doing, you're in math class, no one's explaining to you why you're learning all these equations. But when you join a sport, it's much more easy to be invested in it because your coach is telling you, Hey, like at the end of this, you could be a state champion. Like your goal is insight. You know what you're working towards. And so I think at that age, knowing that it'll take you a hundred hours of practice to learn this cool skill is is very motivating and weightlifting is is similar although weightlifting is a little more um i mean you do the same exact thing day in day out so it's a little more uh boring for lack of a better term yeah i totally get that so i saw um on youtube your one ring routine that was pretty sweet so over the course of like how long did you compete in gymnastics so I technically competed for three and a half years. Um, I started my freshman year, which is in the spring season. Um, so uh, I was 15 years old, did it for that season. Um, trained in the off season, kind of like I'd work out once or twice a week. Whereas during season, you're training three hours a day, six days a week. So it's a significant jump in your training volume when you're doing gymnastics in high school in season uh and so it's kind of half-assed working out in the off season went through my sophomore year and then um started to take it seriously when i finished my sophomore year that at that point i was like okay i want to actually be good i want to try and win the state meet and so the routine you saw was me as a senior i have two i think i have two routines up on youtube so you either saw my state finals routine where I placed sixth in the state, or you saw my sectionals routine, um, where I like it ranked me third in the state at the time. So they were both like relatively equal in terms of my performance, but um, yeah, that's probably what you saw. Did you have a coach tell you after your sophomore year, like you have some potential here? Like, did you have somebody who was kind of really pushing you to to like take this more seriously, or was that kind of something? you started to compete and see results when you trained more? Well, so I, when I was a sophomore, um, I got kind of, my ego was getting in the way. I was getting too cocky because I was, I was pretty good as a sophomore. Um, and so I wasn't, I was the, so I was mostly a ring guy. I did rings mostly. And I was this, I think I was the second best guy on rings at my age, at my school. Um, and so usually in gymnastics per event, you have five people go up, at least at the high school level, five people actually compete, but on the team, you may have 20 people who are doing your event. So it's, it's an honor to make the top five spot and actually compete. And they, as you go up, the first guy who goes up on the event is the worst of the five. Um, and the last guy who goes up is the best of the five. So I was fourth or fifth guy up sometimes. And so I was getting cocky. And I thought I could make the state team, make varsity, make the state team. And I didn't. And so that, that happening kind of motivated me to put in the extra work instead of just accepting that I was good. I was performing well as a sophomore. And so I didn't think I needed to work much harder. Um, 
And so I kind of took the easy route and was not good enough to make that varsity team. And so that motivated me. Um, and I was kind of salty about it. And I actually, um, there's like a longer story to it, but I actually didn't show up to the sectional meet. The whole team is supposed to come and watch. So sec, if you do well in sectionals, you qualify for the state meet. Um, and so this is in Illinois, by the way, too. I'm from Illinois, but uh, our team was really good. We were ranked top three in the state at the time as a team. And so we, we knew we were going to go to state state. I skipped the sectional meet because I did not get a spot on the sectional team nor the state team. So I was salty, didn't show up. My coach, of course, was super disappointed in me. He was mad at me because I was supposed to go. Um, and then I, I kind of flipped it around after that. So there's more to the story, but that's a general rundown. Yeah. And that at that age, like you just do dumb shit. <laughs> like You just do dumb shit. Right. I was salty and, and didn't go to the meet because I was mad. Um, and so, yeah, I, I mean, I got in trouble for that and, uh, it, it did teach me a lesson cause I, I figured out really quick that I was just being a dumbass pretty much, you know? And so I flipped it around, started working very hard. And then junior year was, I think I was top two on the entire team on rings versus just as a sophomore. Um, and then by my senior year, I was always almost always the fifth guy up. So I was best on my team. Was there any push to go to college for this? Like, did you do gymnastics in college? Well, so back to what you were saying about um, needing to start gymnastics as a kid, um, you kind of do. If, if you want to make it to that college level or that um, national level, you need to do it as a kid. And the high school thing is almost a sideshow. Um, most gymnasts go through clubs and they compete through clubs and then they can ascend to the college level, which is equal to national level for, for gymnastics at least. Um, so I was good at the high school level, but I was not good enough to make a college team. I could have done a club team, but the college I went to didn't even have gymnastics. So I had to move on. And that's kind of where weightlifting came into play. I did CrossFit first learned to snatch, learned to clean and jerk, fell in love with that, and then switched to weightlifting. Yeah. I dude, I don't I don't even know how many people have that same story. Like you <laughs> yeah, either, CrossFit first yeah, and then weightlifting. You find out there's weight classes or you find out that you don't have to do running anymore and people are like, yeah. All right, let's do weightlifting. <laughs> yeah, it was really exciting. I mean, I had the mobility piece already, so I was advancing really quick. Um, but I had never squatted a day in my life. So my leg strength was horrific. So as I, my squat went up, my list went up with the squat. Um, but I think having that initial mobility and being able to at least perform the movements properly, that was partly inspiring because I was catching up to these 30 year olds in my CrossFit gym who had been doing it for a few years and were strong and beefy. And so like that kind of pushed me and I was in the same boat again as when I was a gymnast, I was kind of getting egotistical about it and thinking I was pretty good. And then when you actually get into the sport of weightlifting and you realize these Olympic champions, world champions lift double what you're lifting, it's just, I mean, so that put me in my place too. And now I'm, I'm very methodical about how I train and try not to get in my head too much. Yeah. I think, Ego is definitely good, and I just had Jordan Wissinger, who's one of the top 67s a couple weeks ago, and basically he's just saying, like, the ego is a good thing. Like, that that pushes you to lift heavier weights. Like, if you think you're the shit and you walk in and you're confident in yourself, like, that, that's good. It, it's, like, it's bad when you start, like, being a dick to your teammates or you're not, yeah. like, you're making a sideshow of yourself. But I think if you it helps you lift a couple more kilos like that's a good thing no absolutely and i i definitely agree with that piece um i think it depends on how you handle failure though because if you are really egotistical and then you fail that could discourage you from continuing on unless you do have that champion mindset and you take failure the way you're supposed to and just kind of move on from it and grow from it but there's not everyone's like that. And so um, I try and find this balance between confidence in myself and also humility. And 
it's a hard line to walk because um, we see people struggle with it all the time. You see people who are too soft, too humble, and they don't improve enough. And you see people who are too ego, too too egotistical and too harsh, and they're just douchebags. And so it's it's a uh, it is a tough balance. But but I mean like it, it's fun being on the team. So I'm on the Milwaukee barbell team. Um, it's fun training with people like Logan because Logan's a badass. He's he's very good at weightlifting. We'll make snide comments to each other every so often, and it's fun. It adds excitement, but it's there's still still the humility piece. I respect that he's a better weightlifter and stuff like that, but I'll still you know call him out for shit every so often. Yeah. So talk to us about that. I heard a sto- I heard um, Jake told me from Milwaukee Barbell, and he kind of set all these podcasts up, so it's been pretty cool kind of interacting with oh, him. That's awesome. But uh, so how did you transition from like whoever you were working with before to actually going over to Milwaukee barbell and making that switch? Well, so, um, there's a few pieces to this story too, but I went to school at Illinois state university and, uh, my first true weightlifting coach was, uh, Brian Lahr. And, uh, he's a well-known coach in Illinois, at least he's a very good coach. Um, and so he kind of taught me the fundamentals. He has a very different, um, I don't know, personality from me. Um, and so I felt like at times we didn't jive well as student to coach. Um, so I knew at some point I'd probably transition to another team or another gym. Um, but he still did so much for me and he gave me so much. And so I'll always, uh, respect him for everything uh, he taught me, but eventually I graduated. So I moved back home, which was suburbs of Chicago and, uh, wanted to, kind of set on a new path in life and wanted to move away from home permanently. Uh, and Milwaukee seemed like the right place because it wasn't too far, but also it was something different. I'd have the city feel. It's not as expensive as Chicago is. Illinois, definitely a little too pricey. Taxes are rough. So um, I chose Milwaukee and I had visited Milwaukee Barbell before because I was dating someone who went to UWM and so I visited up here and visited the team before. So I at least was familiar with them and uh, got in touch with Jake and Nate again and got everything set up, moved. And first day I moved here, I was training. So, yeah, that's pretty cool that like you kind of did you have like weightlifting as a goal? Like I'm going to move because of weightlifting or it's just kind of like where you settled and then you found a team that way. Well, that's, that's a good question because I think there was a big chunk of me that really did want to move for weightlifting because I, I want to take it seriously. I'm not going to, I don't think I'll be at a level where I can make it a career, but um, I sure as hell I'm going to push and try and get as far as I can. Um, so it was in my head to partly move for weightlifting, but I didn't want that to be the only reason because that could lead to more disappointment too. <laughs> if I didn't like where I live. I mean, I, I think Jordan Wissinger, they're in Pennsylvania probably. Yeah. Um, I don't know where their gym is, but like I would hate to move somewhere just for a weightlifting team and completely hate where I live, you know, not that they live in a, a shitty place. I don't know where they live exactly, but Pennsylvania in, in particular, I'm not like, there's nothing that motiv- want, would motivate me to move to Pennsylvania besides going to their gym or something like that so um it was not the only reason yeah and weightlifting it's such a sport like i mean unless you're the top two or three in your weight class like you're almost setting yourself up for disappointment like this is such such a brutal sport to put yourself through knowing that like this is just recreational like you you might get some sponsors or maybe get some help at at a meet where you pick up a couple bucks to get a meal or something, but like right, right. we're all just out here doing this because we love it and because it's fun. Absolutely. And so of course you can go down the coaching route and I, I do think long-term that's what I want to do. And you know, I have the YouTube channel. Um, part of that is to set myself up to have a coaching career in the future. Um, but as an athlete, it's just, I started too late. Um, and I've constantly been hurt, nagging injuries. And so it's not, it wouldn't be 
fair to force myself to say this is my only path in life is to be a good weightlifter. Um, so I'm trying my best. I would like to be one of the best in the country. That's my goal. But um, I understand that that's not guaranteed, of course. Yeah. How do you, how do you balance that though? Like I personally have a tough time with that, like taking the sport seriously and doing your mobility and doing the stuff that's required, but also kind of taking a step back and saying, this isn't everything. Well, a lot of it has to do with gymnastics too, because I mean, before gymnastics, all I did was sit at home and play video games. And once I started gymnastics, my confidence skyrocketed just in general my life changed dramatically. And so I know if I push myself for a few years, work very hard, I'll put myself in a place where my life will be better in general, regardless of my performance and weightlifting, regardless if I get a gold medal at the national championships, whatever. I'll know I'll be stronger. I know I'll be more confident. Um, and I think those things make it worthwhile to push hard and get through the training. I, I work very hard. Um, but at the same time, it, it also, the injuries I've had put things in perspective too, because um, those are very humbling. It makes me pull back from training a little bit. And so walking a line there too, between training too hard, training too little. Um, and so I think if I was sitting here saying, I'm going to be an Olympic champion, I'd be destroying my body. And so um, I like this middle of the road. I'm trying to be good at the sport, but also live a functional life too. Yeah, that's the, that's the balance. I, I'm the same way with my wrist. I'm like, I want to be able to like pick something up when I'm 46. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. want to just like keep keep doing this. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's cool that you have that mindset. Like, it's like the growth mindset. Like we talk about, it's just like whatever you're doing are you doing this as an opportunity to learn and grow and kind of wherever you get is awesome or is it a fixed mindset where you're like oh either i reach my goal i'm the american open champ or whatever or i failed like you have to kind of balance it that way you you have to enjoy the process and i think especially as a weightlifter because the sport is so monotonous um and most outsiders think the sport is super boring um you really have to enjoy the process and the training because if you don't, you're not going to last. And, and that's, that's how I feel about it. I'm sure there's some people who've been doing it their entire life and it's just so ingrained in their soul that even though they don't enjoy it, they're going to keep doing it anyway because their goal is to be an Olympic champion. Um, but I think for a lot of us Americans, it's, it, you can't get wrapped up too much in winning or losing. You have to enjoy what you're doing day in, day out. Yeah, for sure. And you talked about the YouTube. So when did you start that? Like what made you get started with that as well? Well, so um, that could turn into a long story too. So I was doing YouTube. I was doing gaming videos actually. Um, and I think 2017, I had a couple of friends that, you know, we'd shoot the shit and play games together. And a couple of us were like, hey, why don't we start making videos or, or streaming what we're playing? And so I did that for a while and it was really rewarding. You know, if I'd have someone I didn't know comment and say, Hey, this is a cool video. Um, that was a little inspiring to me. Uh, even if I got like 10 views on a video. Um, and I knew long-term I'd like to take that more seriously and do that with something I'm more knowledgeable in and good at, which is training stuff, weightlifting, gymnastics. Um, so I pulled the trigger on it. I think at the start of the pandemic, I don't remember. I had a couple gymnastics videos before then, and I just did those more for fun. But when the pandemic started um, and we were quarantined, I was like, okay, now is the best time to commit to this. And so I think I was doing a video every week or, or two videos a week for a little while. And then I tapered off as, as the, as I got more comfortable with it and I got better with it the video quality would go up. And so the time consumption to create a video went up. And so eventually I just couldn't do it anymore. And then when I was working at a coffee shop at the time, um, before I started personal training, um, and when we opened back up, I just did not have time to, to put into the videos the same way I did before. And so I'd like to get back to that point eventually. 
Um, but it, it's for the most part, it's just something that's really rewarding and really fulfilling knowing that I'm helping people or teaching someone something. Um, and the creative process that goes into videos is, is fun too. It's hard work. It's challenging. And I think you have a YouTube channel too, don't you? Yeah. I'm probably like half the size of yours though. I got, I got some okay. ways to go. I gotcha. It, and it's, that's part of it too. Cause you can go on TikTok and post some stuff and get 10,000 followers pretty fast. Um, but YouTube is a long, long grind. And so, um, I think you understand how, how tough the creative process can be, but it is rewarding. Yeah. And even like if you're, I think we all have something to offer. I think that's, that's one thing that I struggled with at the beginning. Like who am I to give people advice on weightlifting? Who am I to give people diet advice or whatever it may be? Like, who am I? And, uh, that's just a question I really had to ask myself. And then I had to pull back, like, I'm not sure, and we'll get into, like, your process with it, but there was a point where I just said, like, fuck it, like, I don't <laughs> care what people think, <laughs> and... Yeah, and, you have to think that way. Yeah, and, like, you had, like, I'll have videos where, like, I do shit, and I'm, like, I'll probably look back on it in five years and be, like, are you kidding me? I can't believe I did that, and <laughs> put that out on YouTube, but have you had any moments like that where you're, like... Ah, uh, this is kind of dumb. Like, I'm not sure uh, why I'm doing this. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I've done some stuff in videos that, like, I know some people will think is funny and some people will think is cringy. And you know, I just accept it. I just take it. Um, it, it it's. I think if you are a content creator, you kind of have to suck it up and just say, you know, I know what I have to offer. I'm just gonna throw it out into the world. And if you want to take it, great. If you don't want to take it, that's fine too. And having that mindset about it makes it way easier to commit to making content and making good content. Um, so I was, I was on a train of thought and I lost it, but that's, it's kind of the gist of what I'm saying. Yeah, man. And it's, it's cool. Like for me, if I, if I don't know how to do something or if I need a new product or something, the first place I go to is YouTube and you type in like a review or like how to fix a light bulb, how to fix your Absolutely. sink. Like it, and it's just crazy. All these, all these people have done this, like put out um, my like check engine light came on and I search it like Honda, Honda civic, like check engine light, <laughs> like, and somebody has made a video on how to turn it off. And it's like, so specific. It's, yeah. It's insane. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, just like in, in weightlifting, it's so cool that there's these niche of people and, and Logan's doing it and there's a couple other people, but there's not many people sharing their training like i think youtube compared to instagram instagram is more like the highlight reel and then youtube is like the dungeon of training like this is what it actually happens this is me yeah. failing reps this is me kind of giving you a more behind the scenes look well and if you're serious about it you should be on youtube looking for weightlifting content if you're just looking at instagram like that's easy all the people who are doing instagram content i mean that you you just record your lifts and you got content on Instagram. YouTube is much harder, but it's much more, more rewarding to the consumers of that content too. Um, and I think pre-pandemic also, there were like two weightlifting YouTubers. You had Zach Tellender, um, and he was probably the only one who was mostly just known as a YouTuber. Now, you know, weightlifting house is growing a ton. Garage strength and Dane Miller, I think is the coach. Yes. So Jordan's coach. He's doing a ton of content on YouTube now and he's blowing up. Logan started doing content. I started doing content. So I think the weightlifting community is starting to attack YouTube a little bit more. But that was one of the reasons I started with it when the pandemic began was because there's hardly any Olympic weightlifting content on there compared, even compared to powerlifting. Um, and I would, I would consider powerlifting almost a smaller sport and maybe I'm wrong. I could be totally wrong about that, but, um, tons of powerlifting content on YouTube. And so I want to just kind of add my touch to the YouTube scene and, and see if I could help people out. And that's why I did it. Yeah. That's cool though, that you got started. What's up with the, the Instagram and the YouTube's the same thing. Trainers hate him. What, uh, what made you <laughs> go with that? Um, well, it's, it was kind of an internet, internet meme for a while. Have you ever seen those ads where, um, 
it'll say trainers hate him in like bold words. And then it'll say something like doctors found crazy pill to make you grow huge biceps or like some, something stupid like that. Have you seen those ads before? No, I've never seen them. Okay. Um, I, if you Google them, you could probably find some memes about it. But, uh, when I was, I think early college and I'd come back home and coach, um, there was a kid on the team. So he's a bit younger than me. Um, there was a kid on the team who I'd share jokes with about the trainers made him stuff. And uh, I thought it was funny and I I just made it my Instagram handle at some point. And then I thought I, I was surprised no one had taken it already. Um, And so I just kind of ran with it and I've kept it. Um, If I changed it, I wouldn't know what else to change my name to besides my own name. So um, I'm holding on to it for now. Yeah. You got a good one. I think, uh, (laughs) yeah, it's hard once you kind of get all, you almost get branded and it's like, it's funny how, like, obviously we haven't had a national meet in person in a long time, but you kind of, you walk around the training hall and you're like, oh, that's this person and that's this person. So I feel like people will kind of look at you as, oh, that's trainers hate him. <laughs> like, not, <laughs> yeah. not that's showy, but, uh, but yeah, you're wrapped up in that for now. Yeah, I am. And, and so, I mean, I, I think I have 600 subscribers right now it's really not that many people. I'm sure when I'm walking around a training hall, there's going to be very few people who are like, Oh, that's trainers Hayden. Maybe in the future, there'll be a point where like everyone recognizes that. Um, and I've played with that, that thought in my head a few times. Um, but I mean, you see someone like Zach calendar and you're like, Oh, it's the giraffe guy. You know, you look at him and, and think that, think that kind of stuff. I don't know if you've watched this content very much. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you're you're absolutely right that there's just not a ton of weightlifting stuff out there. Yeah, right. And so um, I'm hoping that that continues to change because at the end of the day, we all want the sport to grow. It's a small sport, and um, you countries like China and Russia, it's a much bigger sport. And so I, I wish it was that way here because it's when you're watching people lift big ass weight, it's it's exciting. It's very exciting. Yeah, I've cycled through the like Chinese hooker videos like thousands of times, and it's just like my girlfriend's always like, "You're watching this again? Like, don't you ever get bored?" <laughs> and uh, definitely over the quarantine, like I feel like I've watched the 2018 and 2019. I think I've watched every weight class world championships. Oh, I I haven't watched every weight class, but I I don't blame you. It's so easy to get wrapped up in it and just watch and watch and watch. I used to be a huge Chinese weightlifting fanboy. I got the Antas real early when they um, were released in the U.S. And I was like, okay, I need to make my technique look exactly like and you know, I need to do all these things if I want to be good at weightlifting. Um, and now, there, if you go on the weightlifting Reddit page, you know who were the Chinese weightlifting fanboys. They just they're their own little community. Um, so I tried to pull myself out of that because weightlifting is much broader than that, but. Um, I don't blame you there. I mean, they've got, they've got the best weightlifting team yeah. in the world. So what did that transition look like? Maybe you're doing the no feet snatch. You're trying to, you're trying to uh, squat jerk. I know you still do no feet snatch, but like what technical improvements have you changed once you got to Milwaukee barbell? So the no foot snatch, I started a few months before I came to Milwaukee barbell and it was partly because I had, I have severe uh, patellar tendinopathy in my right knee. And I felt like any impact was making it worse. And so I switched to no feet because kicking the feet down in my lifts, even my warm up lifts just tore it up a lot more. Um, and so I made that transition. It actually helped me stop jumping back so much in the list. I had an issue with jumping back for a while. Um, so it corrected that issue. And it's also helped with my inflammation in my knee. So I am sticking to that for now. Squat jerk. I played with it when I first started weightlifting for fun. Not for me. Um, it's really not for anybody. <laughs> it really shouldn't be. I, I think it's horrible. Um, I guess it works for some of those lifters, but we've watched like Tian Tao bomb out so many times because of his uh, squat <laughs> jerk. And so um, definitely not for me. Uh, other technical improvements, Nate, so my coach is Nate Semo. Um, he's been very, he's harped on me a ton about keeping the bar close 
right above the knee. So usually when I do my pull, um, the bar, it doesn't drift away from me, but it just goes straight up right past the knee. So it's a huge gap. And so he's been trying to get me to reel the bar in a, a lot more. Uh, and so that's improved a bit. Um, that's probably the major piece is keeping the bar close. Um, I do train in, around lunchtime though. And so Nate's not usually in coaching around that time. And it's just because of my, my work schedule. Uh, so I actually don't get coached very often. And I, I write my own training programs at the moment. Oh, interesting. How have you, yeah. how do you balance that? Like trying to do what you're good at with like the stuff that you actually need to work on. Like, have you had an issue with that? Uh, could you, could you elaborate on that a little bit more? Yeah, maybe like, so I feel like personally, if I were to write my own program, I would only want to program stuff that I'm good at. I would tend to I stay see. away from, Hey, if I suck at like hang above the knee, I'm like, I mean, my coach, I'm my coach. So I don't have to, <laughs> like, you know, I think I enjoy the sport enough where and not saying anyone else doesn't. Um, but I feel like I enjoy the sport enough where even doing the lifts I'm bad at is enjoyable to me. Um, so I don't really struggle with programming things I suck at because it's also exciting to me to make those weaknesses strengths. Um, I also enjoy programming for myself because I can experiment a little bit more and it's easier for me to track uh, what's working for me, what's not working for me and, and just test different things. I, I feel like sometimes weightlifting coaches get very wrapped up in their style of programming. Um, like some coaches have a very specific deload style. You deload for like three days or another coach will say you deload for a week. Some coaches won't have you deload and they'll just have you wave your training up and down a little bit. Uh, and so I feel like I found a few methods that really work for me that may not get programmed by another coach um, and so Nate was programming for me for a little while, but my knee was just acting up so much. And so I actually took a step back, was doing super light training, writing on my own. It's kind of, as my knee has gotten better, I've developed into doing full programming for myself. Um, so I, I find it easy for me because it allows me to have a little bit more control. And I like the control over my workouts. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. And I saw that you made a pretty significant jump the last year to qualify for AO finals. Um, like jump in, in like your competition total, at least to, to get there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's hard to explain too, because I went through, I, you know, I had my pec tear, um, my total before my pec tear was 240. Um, my total after the, like a few months, uh, six months after my pec tear was, um, 235. So I was, I was still real close. Um, and then my, I trained real hard for a little while, didn't max out. My patellar tendinopathy got real bad. Um, and then I, that's when I stopped doing Nick's programming, did my own real light stuff. And then once I felt better, maxed out again, and my total was 245. And so that's kind of where I'm at now is 245. And uh, so I, it, it's hard to explain because a big portion of my training has been very rehab focused and very light. And so I don't know what's driving that progress because then I'll start doing hard training and I feel like I don't make any progress. So I, I'm still figuring that one out. Yeah. I think that's hard. And for me personally as well, like I find the more volume I do, I just get beat up. And so how old are you? Are you 25? I'm 25. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And like a 26 year old talking to a 25 year old, people are probably like, they're saying they're old in the sport, but like, <laughs> dude, I get beat up from weightlifting training. Like if I push three, four days a week, it's just too much. Yeah. It, it's really hard. And, and most people don't understand that. And, you know, I'll train around people like Nate and Logan and they fucking go heavy every day. And I just don't understand it because a big portion of my training is accessory work, tons of accessory work. And I feel like it just keeps me healthy it may not be optimal for making me progress, but it keeps me from hurting myself. And Logan would be like, dude, you need to squat more, you know, stop doing these, these fucking single leg squats, start, you know, start pushing some weight. Um, and so 
it's a tough one. It's a never ending. No one knows the, the right answer to programming at all times. And I've heard even people like CJ Cummings, like he doesn't train that much compared to some of his competitors. I think he does five sessions a week. And I don't think and he maxes out ever besides like in no, competition. He doesn't do one RMs. Um, and so it, that could have changed recently. I've heard that too. And I don't remember how long ago it was that I heard that. Um, but yeah, I mean, everyone's body responds differently to training. And so finding what works best for you is a, is almost a never ending process. It's tough and it does kick our ass. And I think in part, we want to kick our own ass because we think it drives progress, but sometimes we got to take it, take it slow, you know, again, trust the process, enjoy the process. And so I'm still battling with that one. Do you feel like because you're a personal trainer, it almost gets in your own way at times? Like you're kind of looking at the more methodical approach instead of like hard training is good sometimes. Like you have to push. Yeah. So, so do you find yeah. like the science kind of gets in the way of actually like, you know what, let's just, let's go for it today. Yeah. And I used to be worse with it. Well, I I've been all over the place. Um, I've done the train hard everyday thing. I've been too sciencey before right now. I'm a good middle of the road where like I give myself a chance to push at least once a week. Um, but yeah, I am too, I, like overthink it. I overthink the training. I overthink what I'm doing. Um, I used to auto regulate way too often. I'd change day to day what I was doing. Um, and now I think I'm in a good structure, but, um, it's taken so long to get to a place where I was comfortable with that. It's hard. It's tough. Yeah. This sport, man, it's, and you came from like gymnastics to weightlifting. <laughs> There's not much of a break there. It's not like you played soccer or something. Not, no, that, not no. that soccer is not, not a <laughs> tough sport, but you know, like you're right. doing two sports that are some of the most physically demanding on the body. They, they are very physically demanding, but they're also mentally rewarding. And so when I have progress, it's so, so rewarding. Um, and I, I know I realize what my weaknesses are and that makes the sport more bearable too. Like, again, the leg strength, still a huge issue in the squat in part due to the patellar tendinopathy issue. Um, but that was caused by pushing too hard. And so again, it's finding that right balance of pushing, but being reserved enough to recover and uh i'm still trying to develop that leg strength but I, I at least have that goal in mind and uh i know what i'm working towards and so that keeps me on task despite how difficult things can be yeah and just from talking to you like you can tell that you have the long-term outlook and i think you need that you need that pretty much in weightlifting for sure but you need that in life like going hard for a week isn't as good as sustaining you know a, a upward trajectory for a long time like Absolutely. you can, you can do something and it's the same thing with youtube it's the same thing with whatever like if you push and you, you say you did 7 videos a week and then you stop doing it like doing one video for 7 weeks in a row is so much better than doing 7 and then you fall off or you train train hard train hard and then you fall off Yes, absolutely. It's, it's better for your mental state. Um, the consumers will respect it more too, because you're consistent. Um, I think in strength sports in general, consistency is the number one most important factor. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. If you can maintain those things, you'll drive progress, hopefully for 10, 20 years. Um, this is how investing works. People invest in their retirement funds and theoretically they should grow 10% a year or whatever. And then when you retire, you're, you're left with all this money. And so, um, training is very similar in that aspect and it, it, it's, um, but we also, we just like, want to kick our ass. We want to max out all the time. And so you just got to hold yourself back sometimes and, and relax and trust that process and do that with everything in life. Yeah, but isn't like buying Bitcoin and seeing it go up fifteen thousand <laughs> so much more fun? Yes, yes, but this I see. I don't think Bitcoin's doing so hot right now. <laughs> it's doing hot, like in over the course of the year, but compared to I think a week ago, it's it's dropped a chunk. And so, I mean, 
are you are you good with history do you know history pretty well not really no well like the great depression i think was in um i don't know if that was the 20s or the 30s i think the 30s <laughs> okay because it was right before world war ii um i mean the stock market i think the stock market crashed and people were killing themselves left and right because they lost all their money they had put everything into the stock market um and so i it's it's a tough one so like when i invest not that we need to like have a full conversation about investing but uh i'm i'm very very little money goes into it at a time yeah i know you gotta have that i think that long-term outlook in in everything is just super important yeah absolutely absolutely you have to look long term um and so i'd like to continue weightlifting um for a few more olympic cycles and and get into my mid-30s and then maybe i'll come back to crossfit and do that casually um and start a family or, or do whatever i'm going to do start coaching weightlifting seriously and um we'll see yeah i feel like I, i'm the same way where i want to like but i don't know if i'm ever going to be able to shut that that competitive mindset off because i always tell myself i'm going to go back to crossfit when i'm done weightlifting yeah but like am i actually <laughs> <laughs> that's a tough one it's a tough one i i think crossfit is a little less people may disagree with me but i think crossfit's a little less damaging to the body and so i mean since i've been a weightlifting my knees are are fucked they hurt all the time and so i'll be excited to do some high volume low intensity squats if i switch to crossfit um but i'm also real competitive too like if if we're playing a game of super smash bros like i want to i want to win i want to beat you and so that bleeds into everything i do in life so i definitely understand that piece of it too do you think you always had that like especially not playing sports like do you feel like you had to develop a competitive mindset i um oh that's a good question so i had friends who were really hard on me growing up i had the friends who would like roast you for everything and not feel bad about it and we'd like play fight and they'd beat my ass and not feel bad about it. And so I think I wasn't like that until they conditioned me into wanting to be better all the time, just for pure survival. Um, and so, so that like that, I could go deeper into that too, but um, yeah, I think a lot of it had to do with um, my social life growing up. And then when they, those same friends convinced me to do gymnastics um I was able to kind of flourish in that way and, and kind of zone in on one thing, get good at it. Um, and that gave me the confidence to be competitive in everything, or at least try to be competitive in everything I do. Yeah. I love that, man. What's uh, what's the next goal you have in weightlifting? What are you shooting for? So um, I'm a, I'm a heavy goal setter. I like to set things that are a little ridiculous and then, with the intention of landing there but if i land a little short I'll, I'll at least feel like i did something still um so i'd like to qualify for the national championships um i need to as a 73 73 is the 73 class did very poorly at this virtual nationals but for some reason they have one of the toughest qualifying totals for next year's nationals yeah because cj uh, <laughs> cj, CJ, put, CJ just the total like 50 kilos he set the tone real high. And so I don't know how they calculate it, but um, it's 265. My total is a 245 right now. So I'm giving myself one year to get to that mark. And the biggest, the thing that's going to be the biggest driver of that is leg strength. So my, my back's best back squat is 161. My best clean is 137 they're not super far off from each other. I would like to get my back squat to 180, 185, um, hit that 400 pound mark. Uh, and I think that will drive my Olympic lift numbers up significantly enough to maybe make that. Um, so I'd like to go, you know, 117, 148 at the next American open finals, qualify for nationals and then go from there. That's awesome, man. I love the uh, I love the long term outlook and and you know like I I go back and forth between like being big on goal setting and like kind of just seeing where you fall because I think sometimes it can be you face a setback you have some adversity and it's like 
oh, like I'll never get to that point. Like I personally feel that way. So, so yeah, I, I think that's good though, that you have the long-term outlook. You, you're always thinking about growth and kind of where you're going instead of like, oh, if I don't make national championships, I'm a failure and I suck at the sport. It, it, and a product of that was, um, me not being a state champion in gymnastics because for from the end of my sophomore year on that was my singular goal was to win the state meet and um i wasn't too far off when like points wise um but i didn't reach that goal and at the end of it i just kind of felt this relief that i had at least gotten so far and i looked back and said like what would my life have been like without pushing this hard in this sport, you know, I, I'd be in a completely different place. So regardless, I think I can set this, you know, these crazy goals and then come out the other side and say, well, look at all the progress I did make, even though I didn't achieve this goal. Um, and so dealing with disappointment and turning it around into a learning, uh, into learning a lesson has made that much easier for me. So I'm, I'm content making those big goals and failing if that's the case. Yeah. That's perfect, man. So where can people find you if they want to follow more of your content? Um, so I am trying to keep making the YouTube videos. Um, so uh, if people want to see some of my content, they can go to Trainers Hatem on YouTube. Um, my Instagram handle is at Trainers Hatem. So you can check out my Instagram. That's where I'm the most active. I don't use Facebook. I don't use TikTok. I don't use any of the other stuff. So um, Instagram and YouTube would be it. Hell yeah, man. Well, thanks for doing this. This was really fun. Yeah, this was fun. It was great talking to you. Once again, thanks so much to Joey for coming on the show. If you guys enjoyed this one, just make sure to take a quick screenshot and tag us both on Instagram. That will definitely help us get out to more listeners and also give us both follows if you don't already. So you will be alerted every time a new episode drops. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Hope you have an awesome rest of your day and I'm looking forward to the next one.